kid, everybody be icy. Million dollar posse, always there to watch me. Y'all know what I wrestle with. I used to be reckless. Now I'm trying to tell y'all what the message is. Welcome back, true believers, to Wrestle With Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. Each episode, we talk about what's happening this week in wrestling currently. We talk about what happened this week in wrestling history, and then we give the go-home signal with a Wrestle With Hope word for the week. And along the way... You'll catch a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like and why I still watch now. Hey, just a quick reminder, we've got a voicemail line. Want to make sure that you are able to jot down that number or look in the show notes for that number and drop us a line. Anything that's on your mind, anything that you're thinking about in response to the show or anything that's happened currently in wrestling, drop us a line, 352-340-3648. We may put your voicemail on a future episode. So uh, we took a little bit of a time out during the Thanksgiving holiday uh, just so we could kind of spend some time with family, spend some time just kind of reflecting back. And then we also had a little bit of a, uh, of a health hiccup <laughs> along the way. My little girl, uh, Emily, had to be in the hospital for just a couple of days dealing um, with some health issues. But she is back and uh, ready to face the Christmas season. So everything is going good. But what we wanted to do here during... This kind of season between November through December was we're going to take a lighter look at what's going on this week currently in wrestling and kind of maybe just kind of glance over some highlights and then really kind of focus on this week in wrestling history. Take a look at some of the past stuff and we're going to do that all the way up until uh, the end of the year and then once we hit January we're going to come back full throttle with what's going on this week currently because we're going to be into Royal Rumble season, okay? And so I uh, just want to make sure that we kind of, you know, if you if you notice that things are a little bit light on the front end of things, that's only because we are revving up for a brand new year and uh, we're, we're kind of resting up and getting ready for Royal Rumble season. Be on the lookout, by the way, on the Instagram page, on the Instagram page and on the Facebook page. Soon we will be posting our Royal Rumble daily watch list okay and literally i have listed every single royal rumble pay-per-view and a bonus match in terms of like the greatest royal rumble stuff like that where you can watch a rumble a day leading up to the actual royal rumble event in january okay so let's get ready to dive right in to what's going on this week in wrestling currently so normally we talk about nwa power I want to talk about NWA Into the Fire. All right, so let's talk about Into the Fire. The NWA's first pay-per-view in the NWA Power era, okay? And uh, so what we've got going on here is this coming Saturday, December the 14th, we've got a brand new pay-per-view event happening. You can see it on Fight TV, which is a, a, a special app where you can find other wrestling on there as well. And you're going to... What we've got going on are some matches that have been building up towards this pay-per-view that have been built up through NWA Power. Now, I want to tell you something. Normally, when it comes to pay-per-views, like AEW pay-per-views, um, I don't, I don't typically watch because I don't want to shell out fifty dollars for this product just yet. And kind of WWE has spoiled me with the app uh, and the network, 
And, you know, in, in I mean, $9.99 is something that I barely even think about now when it comes to spending. And so I really haven't, you know, uh, even considered paying that much for a pay-per-view. I haven't considered that much paying that much in a pay-per-view in a long, long while. And so one of the things that uh, this, um, this thing with NWA Power, I've gotten some great free entertainment from NWA Power. Some really great free entertainment. And when they announced a pay-per-view, I got to be honest, um, I wanted to know what they were offering and how much it was going to cost. Well, the cost of the pay-per-view is $24. And $24 is nothing to sneeze at, especially when it comes to wrestling entertainment. But I got to tell you, this has been free all these weeks. NWA Power has cost nothing to me except for, you know, logging on to YouTube and using the internet I already pay for to watch these episodes. And as a thank you to NWA Power and the hard work that they've put in all these weeks, I decided to shell out the 24 bucks. I decided to pay for the pay-per-view. Now, am I going to watch it live as it happens? I don't know. Like, it's a Saturday. Uh, you know, it's usually like a family day for me. Um, will I watch it later on demand? Sure, absolutely. But I just kind of felt compelled to go ahead and and pay for this this pay-per-view because, you know, I just, it was just my way of saying thanks to Billy Corgan and everybody else. And he probably doesn't need my, my $24 or rather they probably really need my $24 just so that they could kind of make sure that what they're doing is right. And like every dollar counts, I'm sure. But the thing is, is that the point for me wasn't, Hey, I'm going to do this as my tip to NWA. It literally is. This is my way of saying, Hey, I support what you guys are doing. I'm really enjoying the show so far. If I don't enjoy the next several episodes, I probably won't pay for the next pay-per-view, okay? So, it, it you know, this is just my way of just kind of saying thank you. I believe in paying for wrestling. I mean, that's just the thing is, like, you know, a lot of times people are streaming stuff. They're stealing stuff. I'm not down with that. I, I, you know, a man is worth their wage. That's biblical. So, for me, uh, Billy Corgan, you guys did a fantastic job, and you earned my wage, man. You earned my hard-earned money uh, for NWA Into the Fire. I'm looking forward to it, guys. So, let's run down some of the matches in the women's division of the NWA, which by the way, I have really been enjoying the women's division of the NWA. I listen, I, I don't know about you, I, you know, and, and I don't mean to kind of, you know, um, you know, critique other divisions and kind of place them higher than others. I am, I am really into the NXT women's division. I love what they're doing there. Um, currently what's going on in the WWE women's division has been better than it has been in the last few months. And so, you know, I, I really enjoy that. AEW's women's division hasn't really gotten me yet. You know, I I'm, I'm haven't really been into what's going on there yet. However, for some reason, NWA Powers women's division has just been off the charts for me. I have been really interested in what's going on with, um, uh, with Melina's return. I think that's been handled really awesome. Uh, I, I want to know what's going on with Ashley Vox. I want to know what's going on with Allison Kay. I mean, she walked into this as champion, right? And and I just think that for me, um, this has just been like a really cool, really awesome, uh, you know, just like build up, you know, even with, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa, her, her debut, Thunder Rosa. And, and, and you know, we don't even want to kind of, um, you know, throw under the bus, you know, even just kind of the, the rest of the women that have been appearing. It's just been a really cool, compelling story I've been in. So what's going, what's going on here 
um, with uh, with NWA Power is uh, you've got Allison K, Ashley Vox. Uh, they're going to be taking on two members of Molina's team. So it's going to be Molina or Thunder Rosa or Marty Bell. And so of those three, the 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 faces are in a disadvantage because they don't know their opponents, right? But they're going to be going into this not knowing what's... I think it's a great story. I think it's awesome. They know they're going to get two of the three. They're not sure which two. Uh, the next match is the question mark versus Trevor Murdoch. Now, the story of the, tr- the question mark is hilarious because, you know, do we know who's under the mask? Uh, probably Josephus, right? But... For some reason, <laughs> we had these weird vignettes where uh, we're talking about the question mark. He shows up. He's meant to be ridiculous. The studio crowd at these tapings ate it up. And so for some reason, they are loving the question mark. So much though so that when he, uh, when he <laughs> tag teams with Aaron Stevens, they boo Stevens and they cheer the question mark. It is, guys, ridiculous. It is just it, it is just ridiculous. I don't even it's I, I barely get that. But anyway, but it's just one of those things where it's been a lot of fun. And Trevor Murdoch is going to be taking on the question mark. Are we going to have an unmasking? I don't know, but I just think it's going to be the journey. Getting there is going to be a whole lot of fun. Eli Drake. Eli Drake, who from day one at NWA Power has kind of been solidifying himself as an alpha male. Right. And he's not going to be taking on. Ken Anderson, right? So he's going to be facing Mr. Anderson uh, in this match. I am guessing of this, Eli Drake is probably going to come out on top because I could see Eli being the next contender for the championship, but who knows? Then we've got the Rock and Roll Express, who are the current NWA Tag Team Champions. Nine-time NWA World Tag Team Champions. I don't even know what to call it. Is it a Cinderella story? Is it unbelievable? Yes, it's all of those things. And only in NWA power do we live in a universe where the Rock and Roll Express can be the NWA Tag Team Champions. Now, if you saw their match, they could still go. And even back in AEW, you saw you saw Ricky Morton performing a suicide dive. I mean, honestly, guys, I don't even know what to make of it. But all we do know is we got the champs. It's the Rock and Roll Express. Taking on the wild cards for the NWA Tag Team Champion. I'm expecting the wild cards to come out as champs again. That's just my guess. You got Colt, Boom Boom, Cabana taking on Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks for a match that I think is a little bit out of character for NWA power. The reason why is because I believe everything I've checked out about the pay-per-view is the pay-per-view is happening within the confines of the studio. So... You got the studio wrestling, got the old school feel, but you got a new school match, a triple threat match happening during this pay-per-view. I would prefer it to be a traditional one-on-one match, but if we're going to incorporate some, you know, some new school types of matches, then fine. I guess it could happen here for the NWA National Championship. You got Colt Cabana versus Aaron Stevens versus Ricky Starks. There's only one thing I wish for this match. I just wish that Aaron Stevens would wear something besides those flesh-colored tights. Because they give me the creeps. In the main event, you've got James Storm challenging Nick Aldis for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship in a two out of three falls match. Uh, There's no question this is going to be the match of the night. This is going to be a fantastic match. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to it. I have really enjoyed Nick Aldis as World's Heavyweight Champion. I hope he retains the title. I really do. Because I, 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 I want to see him go, keep going. I want to see him grow as a champion. Like I said, I, just in the short time of this run, let's just pretend I know not of any of these people. Because in half of them, I don't. I have really enjoyed Nick Aldis as NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. And I'm looking forward to seeing a longer reign out of him. Um, I, I hope that he and James Storm, maybe this is just the beginning. Maybe they can continue their feud. I hope so. The other pay-per-view that's happening this coming weekend is TLC. So TLC is happening on uh, the 15th, that Sunday. And uh, let's run through what we know so far. So far, we've got Bray Wyatt versus The Miz in a non-title match. Don't know why it's a non-title match, but anyway, I mean, I, The Miz could certainly be a contender for the Universal Championship, but... Uh, with Daniel Bryan taken out by The Fiend, WWE, WWE pulled a surprise by having Wyatt, not The Fiend, target Miz's family on SmackDown. So this led to the making of, of, of The Miz versus Wyatt at the pay-per-view. I'm really curious what's going to happen. So are we going to get, you know, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt wrestling this match? Are we going to finally see that there's two real personalities in the real world? Um, I, I don't know, man. This is going to be really interesting. My prediction is obviously Wyatt as, as, the, uh, as the winner in this, but it's a non-title match, and if it's against normal Bray Wyatt, is it possible that The Miz could win this? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. So uh, the Women's Tag Team Championship match. This is interesting. Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch, who is the Raw Women's Champion, and Charlotte Flair in a tables, ladders, chairs match for the championship. Flair struggled to deal with the green mist of Asuka in recent weeks and came up short in a handicap match with the champions. Then Lynch also took a beating in a handicap match against the champs as well. She won the match by DQ, but was put through a table afterwards. So now, the four women enter a high-stakes, high-risk match. My prediction in this is actually... I'm seeing the return of Becky Two Belts. Two Becky Two Belts. We're gonna do this. I think that Charlotte and Becky end up winning against the Kabuki Warriors and become the tag team champions. That's just my prediction right there. Next, you got Roman Reigns versus uh, Baron Corbin. Sorry, King Corbin in a TLC match, tables, ladders, and chairs match. We did not get the dog collar match that was rumored. So, or maybe we will. I don't know, but. Tables, ladders, and chairs. It's going to be Reigns and Corbin after weeks of hit-or-miss segments on SmackDown. I'm telling you, um, some of these not just limited to Corbin placing puppy noises over the logo of the big dog, covering Reigns in dog food, um, and just who can you know who can forget the little the stuffed dog, little stuffed dog. Why is WWE Shop not selling the little stuffed Roman Reigns dog? They should. My prediction. Um, Roman Reigns. Let's pick Roman Reigns for this, and we'll move on to the next segment, which is the SmackDown Tag Team Champion, New Day, taking on the Revival. Um, so here we are again with another tag team match against these two rivals. The Revival punched their ticket to the title shot by defeating Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G in an elimination match um, in the December 6th edition of SmackDown. My prediction is New Day is going to continue uh, to to win. I don't know if the Revival's days are numbered completely yet in WWE, but I, I I don't get into news and rumors here, but I don't know. A lot of people have been leaving lately or being released technically, so we'll see what happens there. 
Rusev versus Bobby Lashley in a tables match. So they've had a lot of segments that we've just kind of not really covered. Um, but this, uh, I really hope this is it. I hope this is the last of the Rusev Lashley stuff. They both need, um, you know, bigger and, and, and better things. At least Rusev. I really, I really wish that Rusev can kind of get through this. So let's hope that he can. You also have Aleister Black versus Buddy Murphy. Murphy was one of the very few men willing to pick a fight with Black, leading to a showdown between the two right here at, at TLC, which was announced on the December 9th edition of WWE Raw. Now, I think there's still room on the Raw, on the uh, card for another match or two. I'm predicting that we're getting Bailey versus Lacey Evans. All signs point to Evans uh, making her intention to challenge for the Bailey's title clear on SmackDown. And while this feels like you know, maybe it's kind of like a, a a strange kind of face turn. I think it's going to work. I think Lacey works as a face, and uh, it seems to be that program. We're heading that way, so we'll see. Bailey versus Lacey Evans possibly for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I think it would be a good kind of back and forth between Lacey and Bailey, giving Bailey somebody to, to pick on. Maybe it's just the beginning of those things. Hey, if you're enjoying Wrestle with Hope, let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree. Florida as we end the uh, 2000, 2000 as we end the 2019 uh, year uh, it's a great opportunity to do some kind of last minute giving to be able to uh, you know get the last final tax write-off in before you start doing your taxes you could do that before December 31st you could simply do that by going to donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope ability tree is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides rest, recreation, education, support, and training. Check out all the ways that you could support Ability Tree Florida by going to donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. And thank you for your support. All right, so now let's talk about what's been happening the last couple of weeks in wrestling history. Um, you know, we just had Thanksgiving. My intention last week was to really kind of cover the uh, a little bit of the history of Thanksgiving wrestling in the in, in both WWF, WWE and NWA slash WCW. And um, so I want to dive into a couple things. First off, back in the day, it was no big deal to have wrestling on actual Thanksgiving night. Now, a lot of, I know a lot of folks think about um, the big game, right? A lot of folks think about some big football game that goes on on, th on you know Thanksgiving. A lot of times people are focused on that. Well, what used to happen down in the South was you would have your Thanksgiving dinner, then you'd get in the car and you'd drive to the arena and you would watch some wrestling. It happened also, you know, it was more of a Southern thing. Uh, it would also happen in Minnesota a lot. It also happened a little bit in New York. But you would, uh, you know, in all these different territories, they all had their different traditions around the holidays. But one of those was Thanksgiving night wrestling. And the big stuff started with NWA Starcade. NWA Starcade was the big pay-per-view, not even a pay-per-view at the time. It was closed circuit. If you weren't able to catch it live, you'd be able to watch Starcade, put on by the NWA slash WCW, and uh, in other arenas by paying a ticket to go into an arena, and then you watch a big screen where they would air the pay-per-view. Well, and again, it was more like a live event, not necessarily a pay-per-view. Then WWF decided to counter Crockett Promotions NWA Starcade promotion, Starcade show, by doing their own show, the Survivor Series. Survivor Series became a pay-per-view 
solely because Vince McMahon wanted to have a pay-per-view that competed with Starcade. Competed so hard against Starcade, by the way, that he actually told cable companies, you can't carry the Survivor Series if you're going to carry Starcade. Made cable companies choose which company they wanted to support, even way back in the day. And the trick was to do these, to do these team-on-team matchups so that they weren't giving away matches on TV that they were holding in the arenas for live events. So let's dive into what happened, starting with November 22nd, 1984. It's NWA Starcade in Greensboro, North Carolina. You had Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, defeating Mid-Atlantic Brass Knuckles champion Black Bart to win the title. So here's the cool thing. Uh, remember the hardcore title? Right? Not the 24-7 title. I'm talking about the Hardcore Championship. The idea behind the Hardcore Championship came actually from this Brass Knuckles Championship. And basically, the Brass Knuckles Championship was, uh, you know, a, a weapons match, almost. In most cases, it was just Brass Knuckles. It was no disqualification. It uh, oftentimes was bloody. It oftentimes was kind of gruesome to watch. And it was just a fight. It was just a pure fist fight. So then they modernized the concept of the Brass Knuckles Championship with that hardcore championship. And that's what we ended up getting here in 84. Manny, Manny Fernandez, Raging Bull, defeating Brass Knuckles champion Black Bart to win that title. Paul Jones defeated Jimmy Valiant. This is a manager-on-manager -manager match in a loser-leaves-town tuxedo street fight. NWA television champion Tully Blanchard pinned Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Actually, he was just Ricky Steamboat at the time, not even the Dragon. Then you had Wahoo McDaniel defeating superstar Billy Graham to retain the NWA United States Championship. In the main event, you had the NWA World's Champion, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, defeating Dusty Rhodes to retain the title. By the way, special guest referee for that was Joe Frazier. On November the 23rd, 1989, you had the WWF Survivor Series in Rosemont, Illinois. Now, Here's the thing. This pay-per-view in particular was one of my favorite um, one of my favorite cards for the Survivor Series. I used to love the team-on-team -team matches. In fact, let me be more specific. I used to love the ad in the WWF magazine that would showcase the matches. I used to cut these out of the magazines and hang them up on my wall. It was just so cool to see my favorite wrestlers together on one team or opposing each other, and then thinking for weeks what was going to happen. How in the world could we have all of these people in one match? And this particular rendition of the Survivor Series was one of my all-time favorites from 1989. You had the Dream Team, Dusty Rhodes, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Red Rooster. <laughs> Remember him, Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster? And Tito Santana. Now, this is awesome, Tito. Before he was a matador... Dusty Rhodes, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Red Rooster, and Tito Santana defeated the Enforcers. Nope, Arn Anderson wasn't in this one. He's on later. The Enforcers here being the Big Boss Man, Bad News Brown, Rick the Model Martell, and the Honky Tonk Man, along with managers Jimmy Hart and Slick along with them. That was the, man, that was incredible. That was the opener. Then you also had the King's Court. Randy Macho King Savage. The Canadian Earthquake. Remember when he was Canadian? 
and you had to have his he had, he had to have the Canadian name before I love that the the Canadian earthquake Dino Bravo and Greg the Hammer Valentine Canada's strongest man by the way Dino Bravo keep your world's strongest man Mark Henry we have Canada's strongest man Dino Bravo with managers Queen Sherry and Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart Jimmy by the way a very busy man back in the day he had a quite a stable they defeated the team of the 4x4s nope they are not drivers of four wheelers <laughs> they were uh guys holding 2x4s why because team captain Jim Hacksaw Duggan Brett the Hitman Hart Rugged Ronnie Garvin and the Mighty Hercules Hercules 2x4 and chains in tow they got defeated by the King's Court you also had the Hulkamaniacs. You had, check this team out, by the way. You had Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake Roberts, and then you had Axe and Smash of Demolition, my second favorite tag team of the 80s in the WWF, first being the Hart Foundation, by the way. They defeated the Million Dollar Team. We had, look at this team, by the way, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, the Powers of Pain, the Warlord and the Barbarian, and... Zeus, oh, Hogan. I just I can't even do Zeus right now. That's just I can't. They had, by the way, in their corner Virgil and Mister Fuji. Unbelievable, man! What just what a I, I go back and watch this. This is so much fun. Then you had the Rude Brood. By the way, best name of the night, the Rude Brood. You had Ravishing Rick Rude, Mister Perfect Kurt Henning, the Fabulous. Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Ramon, with the genius and Jimmy Hart in their corner. They defeated Rowdy's Rowdies. You had Rowdy Roddy Piper, Jimmy Superfly Snooka, and Butch and Luke the Bushwhackers. And then this final match, this final team, look at this. The Ultimate Warriors. Not the most creative name in the world, but the Ultimate Warriors made up of the Ultimate Warrior. Jim the Anvil Nightheart and the Rockers defeated, in my mind, what had to be just one of the coolest teams in the world. See, Tully Blanchard got suspended by the WWF, okay? So they had a what would be deemed now a wellness policy suspension. And so because of that, he was out of the match, and Bobby the Brain Heenan had to be in the match. Well, they defeated the Heenan family, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Andre the Giant, Haku and Arn Anderson of the Brain Busters. I I I just I can't even. We had a little bit of um uh, of of an explanation of this when Arn Anderson did his Survivor Series show a few weeks ago on his podcast. It's a great podcast, by the way, especially if you're into uh, that old school stuff. And Arn just is Arn, and it's a, it's a great podcast. Check it out. Jumping over to November 24th, 1983, Thanksgiving Day. Starcade in Greensboro, North Carolina. You had Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood defeating the NWA Tag Team Champions Jack and Jerry Briscoe to win the titles. Then you had Rowdy Roddy Piper defeating NWA United States Champion Greg the Hammer Valentine in a non-title dog collar match. Go back. You want to see brutality? Go back and see that match. That is not the Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine you got in the WWF. 
This is Jim Crockett Promotions, Roddy Piper, and Greg Valentine. This is why they were stolen away. This is the reason why they were hot commodities to Vince McMahon. And both of those guys, I think, deserved more. I mean, I know Roddy Piper is Roddy Piper, but both of them. Greg Valentine, man, so talented. And this match was brutal, just so brutal. Then you had Rick, uh, Nature Boy, Rick Flair, pinning the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Harley Race, in a steel cage match to win the World's Heavyweight Championship right there on Thanksgiving Day. Flash forward to 1987. This is it. This is the big competition night. Thanksgiving night, November the 26th, 1987, the very first WWF Survivor Series. Randy Macho Man Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Jim Duggan. Oh, wait, this was, is this one it? No, sorry. This was, yes, this was it. Okay. My bad. Randy Macho Man Savage with Miss Elizabeth. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Jake the Snake Roberts. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And Brutus the Barber Beefy. This was a team of five, just so you know. Teams of five strive to survive. That was the headline for the original Survivor Series. They defeated Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man with Jimmy Hart. King Harley Race with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Dangerous Danny Davis, the referee turned bad. The Mighty Hercules and Outlaw Ron Bass. Next, you had a women's elimination match between the Fabulous Moolah, Velvet McIntyre, Rockin' Robin, and the Jumping Bomb Angels, defeating the WWF, WWF Women's Champion, Sensational Sherry, the WWF Women's Tag Team Champions, the Glamour Girls, Leilani Kai and Judy Martin with Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart, busy guy. He even had women in his stable. Don Marie, not that Don Marie, but 80s Don Marie, and Donna Christianello in an elimination match. Then you had, this is the biggie, guys. This is so many guys in one ring on the apron, even. I don't know how they filmed this. The WWF Tag Team Champions, Tito Santana and Rick Martel, Strike Force. Davey Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid, the British Bulldogs. Jacques and Raymond, the Rougeau Brothers. Jim Powers and Paul Roma, the Young Stallions. And B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel, the Killer Bees. They defeated Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, the Hart Foundation with Jimmy Hart, the Islanders, Haku and Tama with Bobby the Brain Heenan, the Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov, and Boris Zukov with Slick. Then you had Demolition back in the day, Axe and Smash with Mr. Fuji. And then you had the New Dream Team, Dino Bravo and Greg the Hammer Valentine with Luscious Johnny V. They got defeated in an elimination match. And in the main event, you had Andre the Giant with Bobby the Brain Heenan. Ravishing Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, the natural Butch Reed, and the one-man gang defeating the WWF world champion, Hulk Hogan, Bam Bam Bigelow with Sir Oliver Humperdink, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, the Olympian, Ken Patera, I think even at the time he was world's strongest man, I think, and Don the Rock Morocco, the original Rock, who replaced superstar Billy Graham after he was supposed to be on the team. Then he got injured in an attack 
with King Kong Bundy in the one-man gang. They kept splashing him, splashing him, splashing him, and he had to have hip replacement surgery. As a kid, this was crazy. They showed the surgery on, on WWF superstars. Does anybody remember their first surgery that they've ever seen being on a wrestling show? I do. Scarred for life. I, I can't believe they did that. Anyway, to counteract that, WCW slash NWA, they put on their Starcade that same night. Look at this lineup. You had Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin with Precious teaming up with Sting to take on Hot Stuff, Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner, and Larry Zbysko with Baby Doll to a 15-minute time limit draw. You had the UWF heavyweight champion, Dr. Death Steve Williams, pinning the NWA Western States heritage champion, Barry Windham. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express, they defeated the NWA U.S. tag team champions, Bobby, beautiful Bobby Eaton, Sweet Stan Lane, the Midnight Express, with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba in a scaffold match. A scaffold match was literally a giant scaffold held above the ring. Imagine... Imagine Hell in a Cell, but with no sides. It was just the top. And that's exactly what it was. It was just a thin little scaffold, and you literally just, you push somebody off the thing, and they fell. And I think, I can't remember if this is the one that Jim Cornette fell and broke his leg on, but it was bad. Then you had the NWA television champion, the Russian nightmare Nikita Koloff, pinning the UWF television champion, Terry Taylor, in a unification match. Then the NWA Tag Team Champions, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, defeated the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, with Precious Paul Ellering via reverse decision. Arn would go on to say that this was a mistake and the Road Warriors should have won that match because that match right there killed Chicago for, for uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, according to Arn. Dusty Rhodes pinned the NWA United States champion Lex Luger in a steel cage match to win the title. Then you got, in the main event, the nature boy Ric Flair defeating rugged Ronnie Garvin in a steel cage match to win back the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Now, that was in 1987, the year before that, 1986, NWA doing Starcade again. Look at these quick highlights, by the way. Tully Blanchard defeating the nature uh, <laughs> Tully Blanchard defeating the American Dream Dusty Rhodes in a first blood match to win the NWA television champion. Nothing says Thanksgiving with the family like a first blood match, by the way. The NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express, defeated Ole and Arn Anderson in a steel cage match. The Russians, Crusher Khrushchev, and Ivan Koloff defeated the Kansas Jayhawks, Bobby Jaggers, and Dutch Mantell in a no-disqualification match to retain the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. Then you had the Road Warriors defeating the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and Dennis Condry, lover boy Dennis Condry, in a scaffold match. That was Night of the Skywalkers. So if you've ever seen... The, 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 um, the cover work for that, there was a poster called Night of the Skywalkers, and it was Road Warriors versus Midnight Express in that scaffold match. Then you had the NWA World Heavyweight Championship 
Nature Boy Ric Flair defeating Nikita Koloff via disqualification. See, Starcade was this like this huge Thanksgiving tradition, and it, it was just to me it, it's it's cool that I guess WWE has an event called Starcade. It's just not the same. It's just one of those things where I really wish that NWA Power had the the copyright to Starcade, and maybe they could do something special with it. But anyway, we got Cody Rhodes who copyrighted a bunch of old NWA names too so let's see if we can maybe bring some tradition back into wrestling moving out of starcade let's move into uh, just some other quick highlights before we wrap up our time together in 1973 on december the 1st in philadelphia pennsylvania you had stan stasiak stan the man stasiak defeating pedro morales to win the wwf world heavyweight championship his reign didn't last long and he's kind of a footnote when it comes to be a champion. But when it comes to the list of champions, his name is on there. Stan the Man Stasiak. His name's kind of on, well, I was going to say, his name's on there a lot like Jinder Mahal's name is on there. But Jinder Mahal, I think, was champion for longer. So on December the 2nd, 1991, I remember this very well because I was there for this event. It was a near empty James L. Knight Center event. In Sunrise, Florida, I was probably this was probably a birthday present, I think, uh, to go because we wanted. This is the first time I'd ever been to an NWA slash at the time WCW. Yeah, it was a WCW show. Um, this is the first time that I'd ever gone to a WCW show, and there was nobody there. I mean, it was just it was abysmal. Now, here's the reason why I distinctly remember this event. The first match was Tom Zink pinning John Peterson. It was just a, literally, it was an enhancement match, right? Your first, your, the first match was that. I distinctly remember Tom Zink coming out first. Getting to the top rope to kind of wave to everybody. He looked at all the empty seats and he said, wow, packed house. And then he went off to his match. And it was just, it was, it was, it was hilarious. And it stuck with me forever. That's also uh, the day that I met El Gigante. He wasn't on the card. But he was there to sign autographs, and I think he was injured at the time or something like that. So he couldn't even—he didn't even stand up to take pictures or any of that kind of stuff. But um, I do have a picture of me and El Gigante somewhere, and um, I'll—if I ever find it, I promise you, I'll post it. It's ridiculous. I have this weird spiky '90s hairdo. And I'm wearing a tank top to the event, and uh, I don't even know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you had WCW light heavyweight champion Brian Pillman pinning Mike Graham at this event. We had Todd Champion and Firebreaker Chip, the U.S. Special Forces, defeating the uh, Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong. I think they were the Southern Boys or the Young Pistols. Were the Young Pistols or Southern Boys in 1991? Call the, call the line. Let me know. We had Medusa defeating Bambi. Then you had Van Hammer. Van Hammer pinning Bad Street. Bad Street was... Brad Armstrong in a mask as a member of the fabulous Freebird. Freebirds. You had the WCW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, one half of them, actually. Dustin Rhodes, the natural Dustin Rhodes, pinning Oz. Then in the semi-main event, you had Big Van Vader and the Diamond Stud, who was, hey, yo, Scott Hall, defeating Michael P.S. Hayes and Jimmy Jam Garvin, the Freebirds. And then in the main event of the night, we saw Sting pinning Cactus Jack. 
That was a fun time. Fun time to be a kid going to live wrestling shows, by the way. So awesome. On December the 9th, 2001, you had WWF Vengeance. So let me just kind of explain something. Just just really quick footnote about this event. You had, in this match, three matches for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Okay? So you had... The WWF World Champion Steve Austin pinning Kurt Angle. Then you had and keep and retaining the championship. Then you had Chris Jericho pinning WCW World Champion The Rock to win the championship. And then you had Chris Jericho as WCW World Champion pinning WWF Champion Steve Austin to become undisputed champion. In one night, Chris Jericho defeated The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And honestly, as a Chris Jericho fan, I was so excited because technically, because it's there, he won the WCW World Championship finally. So it was just a really... that I just remember that news. I remember seeing that match and just... Um, just what a, what a neat choice by WWF at the time to choose Chris Jericho to do this, right? To defeat both Steve Austin and The Rock, to be the champion, to unify both belt it could have been the rock they could have had the rock do it but no they had chris jericho do it and that was this week in wrestling history and now guys it is time for the wrestle with hope word of the week and the word of the week this week is advent what is advent well advent comes from the latin word adventus meaning arrival or coming the hebrews looked forward to the coming of the, of the Savior, or, or the Messiah, the first advent. And now, we are waiting expectantly for his return to sweep us off our feet, the second advent. The church has been waiting for him to come back from the moment that he left that very first time. So, why do we participate, you know, in advent? Like, what does advent have to do with celebrating the arrival of Jesus? And traditionally, advent counts down the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Well, Advent reminds us to look forward to his return every day. The season is about resetting Jesus as the center of our lives. I mean, after all, when he comes to take us home forever, we want to be ready. So during this time, in this Christmas season, expect to be inspired. Expect to be challenged. Expect to refocus, to be motivated to be encouraged, and most of all, expectant. To experience Advent, it's, it's the excitement of the waiting. Man, I, I, I always looked forward to, as a kid, just being able to, to anticipate the presents that are coming, to, to see maybe the gifts under the tree grow and grow, to be able to wake up on Christmas morning and, and to wonder what's going to be under there. We could still approach this season this time of Advent, with some excitement. In Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. 
And Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. And he said, Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what had been said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to be to, is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, when we think about the coming, we don't think about the waiting a lot. And in that waiting, we can build up that anticipation. We can build up that readiness. And in the season of Advent, as we wait to celebrate the season together, as we wait to see what relatives are coming, as we wait to see what ends up under the, 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 the tree, we can wait and see what God can do in and through us. Just because we're waiting doesn't mean that we have to just lag behind. Just because we're waiting doesn't mean that we just forget about growth and, 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 and building ourselves up. As we wait, we begin to grow. As we wait, we begin to train. And as we wait, we can celebrate together. Advent. That's the wrestle with hope word of the week. You know, I really hope that you contact us on voicemail. Leave us a line. Tell us what you've been thinking. The voicemail number is 352-340-3648. Drop us a line on email, wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. You can look us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at wrestlewithhope. I want to encourage you to support Ability Tree Florida, especially at the end of this year. If you're looking for a place to give, you can do it there. Donorbox.org slash Wrestle with Hope. A big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song, Number One Contender, as our theme song. Follow him at J. Dean Williams and at Wrestle and Flow. A big thank you to Greg Gosselin for his amazing artwork in our logo. Check him out on Instagram at Greg Gosselin for more incredible art. Also, check out our store at www.shopzone.com. A lot of his amazing artwork is there as well. Guys, I am so excited about the coming season as we go back and look back on history in wrestling as we share some results of what happens at NWA Power. Once again, this is Wayne Cordova signing off. And remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.